I have to have you read this one because I can't read the end of it. All right. Jason, the bird is back. Parton says, uh, I have a podcast called Electric Leftovers. Just about to start our eighth year. I'd be happy to advertise your podcast on my podcast, Electric Leftovers. It's called Electric Leftovers. It's a podcast. Love you. Yeah, but what does he get out of it if he... We I mean, just... We what, just what, what? Uh, Jason, I just invoiced you for that ad, by the way. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Electric Leftovers. My name is Jason. This is episode 365, episode two of year eight of the show. Am I going to do that every week? Probably not, but you can never be sure. I am one that I think fair to say is unpredictable, slightly dangerous, mostly to myself and others, though, which doesn't really leave anybody out of the blast radius, does it? Welcome to the show. Uh, hope you have had a good week since the last time we spoke. And I hope that um, you will continue to do so. Yeah, how about that? Uh, well, what, what's what's new? What's new with you? Tell me about what's going on with you. You always hear about me. I don't hear enough about you, and that's my fault because I don't ask enough. So, what you been up to? How was school today? Well, that's great. Uh, since last we spoke over on the old YouTube channel, we've got some more uh, Genesis Noir. Gonna gonna be doing that, streaming that tonight, in fact. And uh, we've got some more Bat and Kaitos. That's trucking along nicely. Almost done. Almost done with that. And the next, I think I mentioned the next couple games uh, after that are ready to go. And I just started on another one, another replay. Oh boy, the things we do. Uh, and what else do I got for you? Uh, oh yeah, checking checking in with old church and Wells Glazes. They're over there on the YouTube channel. If you want to check that out, that's Jason's Groove Machine. If you didn't know. And uh, yeah, do I got anything else for you? Uh, don't really think so. Kind of a quiet week. It was nice. It was nice. So speaking of nice, uh, safe states, take us away.
The universe teeters on the brink of total annihilation at the hands of the vile alien warmonger Red Falcon. Earth's only hope rests with you, a courageous member of the Special Forces Elite Commando Squad. Your mission? Battle deep into the deadly Amazon jungle where the Red Falcon and his galactic henchmen have transformed ancient Mayan temples into awesome monuments dedicated to mass destruction. A multitude of weapons from rapid-fire machine guns to high-tech lasers are at your disposal as you sweat blood, fighting past 3D mazes, underground security systems, and tropical forests surrounded by giant waterfalls and alien cannons. This is the ultimate test for the ultimate guerrilla warrior. And if you survive, Earth survives. Hey! It's a weird follow-up to Keen 4, but Commander Keen 5, also known as Contra. Uh, an action game for the NES, developed, published by Konami, released in 1988. Um, I've never been a huge fan of Contra. There's nothing wrong with it. It, it does check all the boxes. Uh, for for games that I should like and games that I uh, you know have played before, uh, just something about it doesn't. I don't. I don't hate it. I don't love it. I just think it's kind of bleh. And that goes for most all Contra games. Um, Contra Force, which we'll be looking at a little later. Contra Force is fun because it changes the the uh, the formula a little bit. But we'll see about that. Um, Obviously, very well known, very well respected and appreciated game for its difficulty. Uh, you get the, the Konami code, you know, basically lives because of games like Contra. I think one of the Ninja Turtles games, Turtles 2, had a similar thing. But anyway, uh, having not played a lot of it growing up and having not played a lot of it as an adult, I'm not super great at Contra, but we get through it okay. Uh, this was before my buddy Matt came over. If you remember Matt from the old Still in Beta podcast. Uh, my buddy Matt came over, and then I started playing more Contra games while drinking. <laughs> that was fun. Uh, eight episodes, I don't know, maybe an hour, a little more. I'm not going to check.
There's more reviews for old Commander Keen than I thought there were gonna be. And still, there are not that many. Uh, and and for some odd reason, uh, Commander Keen Goodbye Galaxy reviews include Episode 4, Secret of the Oracle, and Episode 5, The Armageddon Machine. I didn't know that they were bundled. Maybe they were, maybe they weren't. If so, I didn't play the Armageddon Machine as far as I know. It's been a minute and I didn't play much, play much? I didn't play much attention and I didn't pay much attention. So we have one regular contributor. We're gonna look at that one. I'm gonna tell you there's only one kind of humdrummy review and it's a seven out of 10 and it's a full review and we're not gonna read that. So uh, we'll do that one. Does anybody else? I mean, Goodbye Galaxy reviewed it. Can you guess probably how they feel about the game? <clears throat> we'll do this one, because I like I like their username. Starting with uh, Pixel Penguin, who is not Psycho Penguin, but an incredible pixel simulation. And hopefully better than those stupid pixel remasters of all the Final Fantasy games, because those look like garbage. They do. Don't believe me? Go and look up Final Fantasy VI Pixel Remaster and take just a random shot from the game and go look up Final Fantasy VI Super Nintendo. Take a random screenshot from that game. Side by side them, the Pixel ones look like garbage. Anyway, Pixel Penguin in 2005 says, of Commander Keen, goodbye galaxy. Uh, he says, Commander Keen 4, oh, excuse me, one of the most advanced games of its time. Commander Keen 4, Secret of the Oracle, was way ahead of its time. I spent endless hours playing it on my PC when I was younger, and the best part is that it's free to download. Technically, it's shareware because the fifth and sixth games aren't free, but it really doesn't matter. The game is the best out of all three anyway. Storyline, 7 out of 10. The story is a little confusing. The Shikadi are taking over the galaxy, and you, Billy Blaze, go to the planet, uh, planet, excuse me, Gnosticus 4 to save the council members they captured. Basically, you save the galaxy from evil monsters by, and me interjecting, by rescuing grandpas. In a platform action game, the story doesn't really matter, though. That is true. Uh, gameplay, 10 out of 10. The game is a typical platformer. I'd say it's better than the Mario games. Oh, buddy. You start out by your ship and travel through the world map entering levels. You can go to some in any order, and some are behind other levels. Uh, in the levels, you defeat enemies with your ray gun. You can run, jump, pop on your pogo stick to go extra high. One of my favorite parts is that the enemies are all different, unlike some platformers. They all try to hurt you in different ways, so there's some variation between the levels. We'll give that. Mario's kind of boring with its enemies. Graphics, 9 out of 10. The graphics in this game are great. Considering the fact that it was made for DOS with a minimum of a 286 processor, the graphics were upgraded significantly from the first three Commander King games. It's all full of colorful and detailed backgrounds and characters. The animations are great and lifelike, and the graphic power is about the same as the SNES has. The motion is smooth and doesn't stick. Okay. Uh, sound and music, 9 out of 10. The music really fits the game. Each level has a different tune, so you don't have to listen to the same thing over and over again. The sound effects get a little annoying at times, especially the pogo stick sound. Let's talk about that music for a minute. You heard the best, or what I felt was the best, to represent the game last week. And some of that just gets so grating. So grating. Um, 
We'll come back to that at the end of the review section. Difficulty, 6 out of 10. Sadly, this game probably isn't difficult enough for someone over 10. It seems like ID designed this game around young children and not young adults and adults. You don't say. Overall, 8 out of 10. This is a great game, and I suggest you download it. Just do a quick Google search. The game's graphics, sound, and gameplay are its high points. The difficulty level is a little too easy for anyone over 10. Rating, 8. Uh, here's a bit of trivia before I forget. Commander Keen Episode 4 marks the origins of the character Dopefish, a fictional green fish with buck teeth. It appears in one level of... The game, uh, The Well of Wishes. Dopefish has since made a cameo appearance in many other PC games as an in-game joke. Uh, Duke Nukem, I think, being one that sticks out in my mind. Uh, 16 Bitter in 2019, with screenshots included, says Keen Supreme. Commander Keen Episode 4, Secret of the Oracle, the first of two episodes in the Goodbye Galaxy story, is a side-scrolling platformer by id Software, published by Apogee. Is it id or id? I don't know. I don't care. It is the crown jewel in the Commander Keen series, both a huge improvement over the crude tr original trilogy and the stylistically important but underdeveloped demo Keen Dreams, as well as a better realized game than either of the retail releases using the same engine that would follow it, the Armageddon Machine and Aliens Ate My Babysitter. And as it was released as shareware, it's also completely free. Why are we getting good reviews all of a sudden? This is amazing. In episode four, Keen pilots his ship to the planet of the Nostacenics? Nostacenes? Nostacenes? It's an odd combination of letters. Hoping to gain insight on how to stop the mysterious Shikadi from destroying the entire Milky Way galaxy. However, when he arrives, he finds that the eight council members he wishes to consult have been kidnapped and imprisoned throughout the planet's Shadowlands. Keen must therefore navigate the many dangerous levels of the Shadowlands and rescue the council members. Uh, technically, since the game features an overworld, as with all previous Keen games, this means that not all levels must be completed in order to win the game. Did they all have an overworld? Hmm. It's not apparent which levels house the members and which are optional, so most of the little over a dozen levels must be attempted. Unlike the previous games, where levels were mostly uniform to a generic thing, the levels in the fourth Commander King game are wildly varied in theme, gimmicks, and enemies. From the initial slug-filled forest to the deep cave mazes, an illusory city of disappearing platforms, complex puzzle-filled pyramid temples, and more, there's never a dull moment in the level design. Granted, most of the lands are still maze-like and rely on lock and key backtracking or the use of switches to activate moving platforms in order to progress further in them, but it's still a large improvement over the earlier game's stages. There is still an emphasis on finding loot and gaining points, but now there are actual secrets to find, including a super challenging secret level that's famously amusing to figure out how to unlock. I don't believe I did that. The game's sense of humor carries over to the enemy designs, some of which are imposing monstrosities and fireball demons, but most are humorous blobs with goofy facial expressions. This is also the game that first featured the legendary Dopefish in a memorable underwater level, who has been cited in dozens of games since. Aesthetically, it's a huge improvement with detailed VGA graphics and an actual soundtrack, but mechanically, it's very similar to the earlier games. 
Keen can shoot a stunning shot from his gun, assuming he has ammo, can run and jump and climb, and can whip out his trusty pogo stick for larger jumps at the expense of less precise control. Control in general is great, and the jumping physics feel a lot better than the old games. Difficulty and game length are variable. The game is already a good challenge, since Keen can only take a single hit before expiring, but can be augmented to feature more active traps and the game can last from a few to several hours depending on how thoroughly you explore the environments and how many levels you choose to attempt. One of my personal favorites from the area, and one of the must-play classic PC platformers, it's one of the few console quality games from the early PC era and comes highly recommended. And 16-Bitter gave it an 8. Yeah, not much from the well for Goofy there. Um, we got uh, Sulla 56 Ivan 2010. He gave it a seven. Uh, Lagu Frenetic gave it a nine. Dan Dude 776 gave it an eight. Goodbye Galaxy. Guess what? Gave it a ten. The Elite 550 a nine. Nine one two one zero user gave it a nine. Um, Sixteen bitter and Pixel Penguin we talked about. RP Gamer Dude gave it a nine. Snow Dragon gave it a 9, and Goodbye Galaxy is back to give the Armageddon Machine another 10. So, yeah. Uh, very well respected, this little the little game that could. Um, so, music. Uh, last week's episode was named You've Got to Eat Your Vegetables, which is also the name of one of the tracks in the game. And that track is thus named You've Got to Eat Your Vegetables because there is a melody line playing that is supposed to be, according to the composer, uh, the uh, mother of Commander Keen saying, you've got to eat your vegetables. Did you hear me? So if you go back and listen to it, you'll, you'll pick it up. You'll pick it up, it's a thing. Um, speaking of Commander Keen and... Uh, and, and, and cultural relevancy going long past um, what did he call it <sighs> I gotta look it up give, give me one second okay I'm back uh, one of my favorite people on all of YouTube and he's not been very active lately which breaks my heart because uh, I really really <laughs> enjoyed everything he did Oh, he's been a little more active lately. That's okay. Uh, is um, Steve Sutton, or if you want to look him up, it's Protopod, all one word. And Steve, it's an older guy, lives in Florida. Uh, he he made the rounds on something awful for a while, but not in a like. We gotta we gotta take this guy down, man. Uh, he's a lol cow, man. No, he's just he's just an interesting dude. Um, but he he uh, dipped his toes into uh, 3D animation uh, for a little while and started a couple of series of his own. One called Clover Beach, one called Robot and PC, one called Cox News that was very shortly lived. And his longest lived uh, web series so far is Commander Neat, which is Commander Keen. I mean, it's the the hat. The helmet, everything. It is Commander Keen. He's a big fan of that. Um, would would absolutely recommend it. It's it's worth a watch. I'm not gonna lie to you and say you know it's great cinema. It's not. It's kind of 
Commander Keen meets South Park kind of stuff. Um, but it's it's pretty good, and I appreciate the effort that he puts into this stuff. Uh, he also had another series called The Portal, which was a lot of... It, it was like a sci-fi TV show that he shot in his house with a webcam and a green blanket to do green screen effects, and he's the only one in it. He plays like five, six different characters and does all the voices. It's it's really cool stuff. I, I 100% suggest you check it out and and if you if you're the kind of person who's just like likes watching vlogs that's what he does it's what, it just you know I'm, I'm looking at his video list now we'll go back um, we'll go back uh, right here two months ago general update two months ago Halloween 2022 one month ago general update one month ago adjusting a security camera Four weeks ago, the iClone 8 test. I don't know what that is. Uh, four weeks ago, a dream about Amanda tapping. Two weeks ago, general update. Nine days ago, by 2022. Eight days ago, hi 2023. I, just, I love this guy so much. I really do. I think he's just an interesting dude. He has fun. But... Prebiotic soda taste test, the morning thing, flight simulating, Windows 11. Oh, um, what is that game called? Subnautica. He did a playthrough of Subnautica. And a pretty damn good one, I think. So, uh, not a sponsor, YouTube. Well, podcast people. Anyway, Protopod, look him up.
After that long intermission where we were talking about nothing important, I realized I didn't even give you my thoughts on Commander Keen. So real quick, uh, it's good. It's good. I don't think it's great. I think it's pretty good. I think for its time, it was probably a really good. Uh, probably showed off a lot of what was capable in video games such as that. But uh, coming at it, having played more similar games before that one, uh, of the era, of the era, because um, 1991, uh, I will say that, um, yeah, it, it probably ranks about a seven, six, seven to me. Anyway, here we go. Our lead story, Bright Idea. Dog owner Eric Torres, who owns a pet store in Doral, Florida, is facing charges after he brought his Pomeranian died to look like Pikachu to a Miami Heat game on December 26th, the WPTV reported. Quote, it made NBA history because nobody's ever seen a Pikachu dog sitting next to an NBA player before, Torres said. But the Miami-Dade County Animal Service officials were unamused. Quote, no animals should be died, regardless of whether there's an ordinance prohibiting that, said Assistant Director Kathleen Labrada. She noted, it is unlawful for any person to possess, sell, or otherwise transfer within the county any dyed or artificially colored rabbit or other animal. Torres is fighting the charge, saying the dog is not for sale, and he used dye that is safe for consumption, and he also has no plans to remove the dye. Go back. No animals should be died, regardless of whether there is an ordinance prohibiting that. That's that's a situation in which, like, this should be against the law, but it's not. So change the law. Uh, it is unlawful for any person to possess, sell, or otherwise transfer within the county any dyed or artificially colored rabbit or other animal. But then, I I don't know. It, sh it is unlawful, but it also shouldn't be done, is, is what she's saying. Now, I'm not, you know, I'm not on this guy's side, because I think that's a terrible thing to do. I'm not exactly on the animal lady's side, because it's not hurting the animal. It's stupid. He's doing it for attention. That's stupid. Like the guy who crashed the plane. He did that for attention. That's a little worse than dying your dog to look like a Pikachu. Uh, crashing a plane... That's major bad news. Dying your dog to look like a Pikachu. You're an idiot. Stories of Nature, spelled N-A-Y hyphen C-H-U-R, nature. In Derbyshire, England, Phil and Jane Carter are used to seeing foxes on their lawn, but the Telegraph reported a December 17th visitor to their garden caught their attention. Uh, Jane spotted a fox nosing around their turf looking for something to eat while balancing on its front legs the only legs it had, and yelled at her husband to come see it. It was fascinating, Phil said. It stood bolt upright and ran like a human being on two legs. He got in touch with experts at the Derbyshire Natural Reserve who told him the fox was likely born with a disability and had learned to survive. While foxes are usually shy, the special animal hung around for 45 minutes before it took off, quote, like a rocket, Phil said. Foxes known for their rocketeering bouncing on its front legs, so it's just permanent handstand for that guy. God, he's gotta be built. Watch out, LTG. Uh, precocious Ashley Lynn, mother of a nine-month-old baby, took to social media this holiday season after a child was gifted a toy remote control, the New York Post reported. Lynn said the baby loved the toy and was, quote, going to town chewing on it. 
but then she noticed that when certain buttons were pressed, it made inappropriate comments. One was about a drive-by shooting, the other was a sexually themed joke about priests. What? What? Lynn said, sounding like Kyle's mom from South Park. Walmart. I just I choked on an L there. Walmart, explain this, Lindsay Toys. Explain this, Lindsay Toys, I guess is the name. Lynn reached out to Lindsay on December 31st and got a prompt reply, which indicated the toy would no longer be sold. Walmart said the toy was sold by a third-party seller and has been removed for not complying with its prohibited products policy. Oh, you broke the Walmart triple P law. You're going to jail. Uh, I'm going to imagine that was sold online, if that is the case. Here's an update. In late August, News of the Weird shared a story from Yellowstone National Park about a human foot. Remember this one? Having been found floating in the abyss pool, a hot spring. At the time, officials did not suspect foul play. You know, it's just a foot. KTLA Kitla. Kitla was there. Reported on January 4th that investigators have now identified the person whom the foot belonged to. Hooray! A 70-year-old Ilhan Roe of Los Angeles. Roe's Kia SUV was found in a parking lot near the spring, and inside were his laptop, a wallet with $447, and a small book of poems. But no suicide note. Geologists did not find any more human remains in the pool other than fatty tissues floating at the surface over time. Uh, so said a report. The pool is more than 50 foot deep and has an average temperature of 140 degrees. I still say there's someone out there missing a foot, and it's probably them. Overkill, Matthew Greenwood, 32, and Jeremy Crahan, 40, of Puyallup, Washington, only wanted to rob a business on Christmas Day, NPR reported, but their strategy got them in much more trouble than the original crime would have because both were charged with attacking power substations, causing thousands of people to lose electricity on the holiday. Greenwood and Crayhan admitted they just wanted to empty a cash register at a local business during the outage. Um, the sabotage amounts to a federal crime, Crayhan's lawyer said he plans to enter a not guilty plea. That's going to be hard to do since they basically admitted to it, don't you think? Um, here's the thing. I, I saw some of this story, and it's it's been an ongoing thing. This has been happening all over, but this was the one that was nearest, physically nearest to me, ge geographically nearest to me. And I saw a picture, had the mugshots of the two, and they got caught because they pinged cell phones next to the substation. Uh, when it when it went down and there were only two and it was these two idiots now these two idiots got caught obviously it's, it's like big deal that they did it that, that what's gonna happen to them um, and here's the, the, the thing looking at these two guys these are the kind of guys that, that give off that I'm not getting the vaccine because I don't want the government to track me vibes and yet they took their cell phones to go and commit the crime. Government's not tracking you guys. You guys are walking around with like sparklers on. Okay? Okay. Dude! For the third year in a row, the county in Oregon reporting the highest rate of cannabis sales was Mahler County, which shares a state border with Idaho. Hi! 
and is close to Boise. KGWTV reported that although sales were down in 2022, they still topped out at $104 million, or 3243 per county resident. Cannabis sales, medical or recreational, are illegal in Idaho, which creates a boon for the Oregon dispensaries along the border. It's true. It's true. It's a sad state of affairs, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you can go to Oregon, you can go to Nevada, you can go to Washington. Pretty sure it's legal in Washington. Uh, yeah, I think it is. Uh, and you can get you can get your junk. You can, you know, but you can't get it here. And and like it says, 104 million bucks just for that county in sales. And how much of that came from here? Just make it legal, man. Just make it legal. Because I tell you, I tell you who, what's going on. Those people crossing the border to get to get their their edibles and their whatnots and their whatevers. They're going home. They're gonna eat one. They're gonna take a nap. They're gonna they're gonna make some food. They're gonna do whatever. Because that's what you do. It's a mystery, ladies and gentlemen. Public land officials in Salt Lake City. Wow. My my whole neighborhood making it in the news today. Um. Well, they're trying to solve a mystery, ladies and gentlemen. Who is placing antennae with solar panels on public property? KSLTV reported on January 4th that a few of the devices were found about a year ago, but more have been discovered in recent months. The locked battery boxes, solar panels, and antennae have been bolted into different peaks and summits and ridges around the foothills, said Tyler Fonero, the city's recreational trail manager. It might be related to cryptocurrency and relaying networks and being able to make money off that, uh, Tyler said. He hopes to educate the public that items cannot be installed on public lands. Quote, we want to stop it now before it becomes a dumping ground for dozens and dozens of more antennas. Cryptos. There's nothing good has ever come from crypto. There's... There is a... This is in Texas somewhere. It's like the largest aluminum processing foundry in in the northern hemisphere or something like that. North America. I don't remember the specifics on it. But it's huge. It is massively, gigantically big. Okay. Crypto, crypto farming uses more energy than that does. And it uses a lot, man. It uses a whole lot. And what happens? Like, when's the last time you heard good news about somebody getting involved in crypto? Because because they ain't, ain't out there. No one's having a good day. It, one of the guys who was like one of the earliest adopters, founders, whatever of Bitcoin, lost his Bitcoin because his wallet got hacked or something like that. I just heard about it today. So. Come on, man. What's in a name? Anyway, Scott Stallings of Simons Island, Georgia, is not that Scott Stallings, which became all too clear when he received a FedEx invitation to the PGA Masters Tournament, the Associated Press reportings. I don't even, it's golf, I don't care. Stallings reached out to golfer Stallings, who is from Knoxville, Tennessee, on Instagram, quote, I am 100% sure this is not for me, he wrote. Golfer Stallings had been waiting for his invite, thought maybe his wife was pranking him. But Georgia Stallings won't miss out altogether. Quote, we're going to give him some practice round tickets to take him to dinner on Monday night for doing the right thing, the PGA player said. What What was the incentive for him to not do the right thing? Bling blong phone, hello. 
I'm, re- I'm recording a podcast. You shut your damn mouth. Is he going to show up? I'm here. It's me. Was this a par four? Oh, I'll, I'll have it in 13. Don't worry about it. Oops, the Askern Medical Practice in Doncaster, United Kingdom, wins the award for most Scrooge-like holiday message, the BBC reported. Doncaster. Sounds like, I made this guitar in my garage, man. I call it the Doncaster. That voice has been getting a workout today. On December 23rd, the center accidentally sent texts to about 8,000 patients informing them that they have, quote, aggressive lung cancer with metastasis. Uh, About half an hour later, recipients received a second text alerting them about the error. Patient Sarah Hargreaves said she broke down when she read the first message, quote, I had just had a mole removed and was rating a, a result from a biopsy, so yeah, I was very worried. Carl Chegwin was perplexed. It's not often I go to the doctors. I sat there scratching my head thinking, I do smoke. Do they know something I don't? If it's one of their admins that sent out a mass text, I wouldn't be trusting them to empty the bins, said Carl Chegwin. And finally, Dateline, Dorchester, Massachusetts. We're going to blame it on the devil. Firefighters responded to a house fire on December 27th at a three-story home around 11.30 a.m., Mass Alive reported. Police officers at the scene talked to a witness who said a woman named Nikia Riviera had told them, quote, I'm sorry, I had to do it, before she left on foot. Later, Later, Rivera, 45, told officers, That house is haunted. I lit the house on fire. The devil made me do it. There are ghosts in my house. While no residents or firefighters were in the fire, Rivera was charged with arson and ordered to undergo psychiatric evaluation. Wow. Wow. Think of all the other people who need it, who can't get it, because this lady's out here burning down the ghost house. It's a talking head song waiting to have it. It's a mashup between Ghostbusters, but not the Ghostbusters. It's got to be bustin'. And talking heads burning down the house. Burning down the house makes me feel good. I think you know what I'm trying to say. Bustin', 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 bustin'.
Ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for this week's edition of Electric Leftovers. Thank you very much for listening. Hey, I forgot to do something last week. And, well, I didn't forget, but I, I lied to you. I gave you bad information, and I apologize. I gave you the wrong, um, the wrong buy me a coffee thing. So, we'll fix that later. Thanks for listening to the show, though. Uh, if you enjoyed it, please consider leaving us a like, a uh, rating, and a sub- subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Um, the the reviews and the ratings help people find the show quite a bit. I uh, want to shout out to um, Jelvis and Spike over at Thought Spiral for, for doing that wonderful ad you guys did for me in your last couple of shows. Or a couple of shows ago, by the time you all hear this. Uh, check out Thought Spiral. I think if you like this nonsense, I think you'd enjoy that nonsense. Similar nonsense. We're similarly, similarly nonsensical. Anyway, uh, yeah, if you like this show, uh, you might like that show. Check them both out. Uh, Josh has been on this show, episode 208, if you want to go back and find that in the archives. Um, check me out on YouTube, Twitch, at Jason's Groove Machine. I'm still on Twitter, at JasonGRVN, but you can still find me on Mastodon Post. Um, I don't know what's happening with Twitter. Elon's supposed to hand off the baton, and now he's just decided to stop paying the rent, so it's weird. Uh, anything else? Um, new stuff coming out on YouTube all the time. New streams on Twitch every Monday at 6 p.m. Uh, you can follow me for more on that. And if you'd like to support the show, you can visit buymeacoffee.com slash electric left. And you can buy me a coffee. Or visit jasonsgroovemachine.com. You can find pretty much everything over there that's going to be over there. Because it's already over there. Right? Right. Thanks, everybody, very much. Appreciate you. Have a good one. <laughs>